Aloha, Carco, and we're back. We're back in, in person this time for Reels You Reels right here in front of your eyes, starting the radio revolution right here at KAKU 88.5 FM, coming at you on the VOD, but someday, someday we'll be playing on the, on the full thing later, later in the day. This is later in the day. We've now time traveled. You're here with me later in the day, but we previously recorded this, and I am here with Sam Peralta. Aloha, my Kako, everyone. So good to be here. Oh my gosh, how long has it been? I know, man. I mean, I, I was lucky to have you at the Moku Moku screening, and then really, like, we haven't like talked talked since the election. And I mean, that that like we were saying earlier, like that wasn't even in person. Like you are you are technically my second ever in person interview <laughs> since my first ever interview with Uncle Norman at Palpena. So I am so blessed. I, I'm. Thank you for uh, answering the text I sent out wildly this weekend. I was like, oh, you know, I should hit up. I should have Sam. I should have Jordan. I should have blah, blah, blah. And I hit up like 10 people, and you were like the first one to go, bam, Monday. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's sooner than I thought it would be. But I'm glad. I'm glad that soon happened. Soon is now. Now is with you. And I love having you here, man. Wow. So... Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things, you know, what's going on in the world, and then we're gonna talk about Sam after we got some of the crazy out of our system. So, uh, first things first. Um, welcome back, you know, proper. It's good to be here. We're here on the pod, and we're on the airwaves, and uh, you know, we're uh, we're hoping to share everything crazy that's going on in the world, what's going on in Maui, what's going on in the state, what's going on in the continent. And so um, the world, the world, um, I don't say the world has been taken by storm because I think it's just an echo chamber has been taken by storm. We have this this little place I call the red echo chamber where where people just a little over the center to the right and even further places we dare not go. They're there and they're living in it. And uh, someone has been scooped up by it. They, they had a, a naughty little moment on Twitter last week, and it's, uh, it's kind of caught the Twitter and the Facebook by storm. And, uh, and also, like, all the, the weird, like, satire parody sites that are buying into it and then trying to, like, make their market off of it. So I find it kind of weird. But for those of you who don't know, Mr. Kid Rock was very unhappy with uh, Bud Light signing a trans model to this specialty deal that really just resulted in her getting her face on a personal can 
So it wasn't even like everybody got like Dylan Mulvaney on a can. It was just this young TikTok influencer that shared their journey of transition. And then Bud Light was like, you know what? That's cool. We're going to honor you with this personal pack of beer with your face on it. And then she was like, yeah, I love you, Bud Light. Drank it. And then Kid Rock was like, no, you can't be on my can. And then he shot it up with guns because America. And, uh, you know, I... I was kind of confused because I, I don't think he realized that like beer's been queer for a long time. Like, did you know that? Like, did you know like that? Like, since like the seventies, like Coors, Coors has been like, which was really weird to me because they had um, frogs on it, and frogs are transgender. See, there we go. They're ahead of time. They're ahead of the times. But you know th- what's crazy is the intersectional part of like beer history actually runs into Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk actually got into it with the uh, the beer unions and then the Coors brothers who were like super conservative. So here's the interesting part. All right. Old school conservatives. I kind of have some respect for them, even though like old fashioned, like it gets a little hinky. Right. But like these guys were like, this is going to affect our bottom line. Gay people drink a lot of beer. We never knew this. We have a constituency here. So they were like, you know what? We're going to be OK with Coors, you know. And gay people and, you know, the LGBTQ crowd. And so they were actually, you know, I think conservatives tend to be progressive when money is involved, you know, Kahlo talks. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's very interesting that he, he got a little angry and then he, he shot it up and then he was like, I'm going to go off and I'm going to do this beer. And then that beer is gay. And he's like, I'm going to do this beer instead. And that beer is gay. I'm going to do that. Beer. And that beer is trans over there, bro. <laughs> So I wonder, like, what in himself is 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 what he's seeing through these things that he's agitated at. Well, you know exactly because I, I no point. Find, yeah, it's it's usually a self reflective issue because I notice a lot of guys who need that masculinity check. You know, there's there's a lot of toxic masculinity going around, and then it's pretending to be good masculinity when it's really not. It's like if you're really comfortable with yourself, kids, you really shouldn't care how other people live their lives. You know, uh, frankly, to me, I think it's getting a little too far that the "don't tread on me" crowd likes treading on other people. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably his like, last move to like do something crazy before he goes on a decline. Yes. I mean, I love Kid Rock, but. Hearing this is so out of character. It is, especially since there's like historical moments in his career. Have where you he's seen like, his music video? Yes, exactly. Have you like no? There's there's a, there's like a picture of him from the '90s, like standing next to a drag queen drinking a, a Bud Light with a Coors hat. On a his drag head. queen midget. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I just. I, I think that, like, something, maybe, like, he got pandemic, like, flopped through the echo chamber. He just spent too much time on TikTok or Tumblr or, I don't know, maybe Telegram Too much or memes. Too many memes. That's right. You need to regulate your meme count, kids. Okay? You meme too hard. That's like drugs, bro. You just get them all up your nose and in your eyes and your ears. And you're just, like, getting up crazy thoughts. Just, like, calm down before you hurt yourself. So... Uh, I mean, outside of like, it's our likes or dislikes for Kid Rock aside. I mean, this did. I mean, it it didn't really strike into your feed this week, did it? No. Well, I used to listen to Kid Kid Rock, and I just saw him as like an American, like "Ba with the Ba" song, <laughs> yeah. and that just gets me hype. You know, he's all about just, just I don't know, motorcycles and dirt bikes. That's what I thought. So when I heard this news, I'm like. 
It's so well, anticlimactic. Well, it, it's not it even is. exciting. It's not it fun. Is. It doesn't like make me want to be a better person. It's like where there's there's a missing bullseye in my head. There is because the weirder part is who he's teamed up with. Mm. Country music artist Travis Tritt. Okay, Travis Tripp, tell me a little bit about him. Okay, so most people, y- y'all can't remember who he is because he kind of like, he went into has-been territory a long time ago. And, and then now he's just like playing casinos and like state fairs and stuff. But like, he was a country music artist in like the 80s and early 90s. You know, he was very much like, a, you know, a drunk anthem rock type of guy. But what's very interesting about him is he loves eyeliner and leather. Like, big time. Like, and I'm talking, like, with tassels. Like, more tassels than Willie Nelson and more eyeliner than RuPaul. Wow. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't like this beer being gay either. And then he was, like, suggesting another beer. And that was gay. And then it was, and everybody's like, are you sure you want to, like, just quit beer? But then what was weird is that, like, as far as I can tell, they're only cutting it out of their green room. Well, the, the ironic thing to me is how beer was attacked of being, quote, unquote, gay not seltzers. <laughs> like, if you're going to attack that genre, in my mind, it's seltzers. Yes. No, I, I, could, I could agree in that sense. I, I mean, I'm not going to I love like, seltzers. I do, too. But I drink it, them all the time. But it definitely seems more like, you know, the festive uh, party drink that would, uh, you know. I mean, not to decide what people drink at Pride, but, like, I'd crack a few out, you know. Yeah. That's the way to go. Exactly. Kid Rock and the other country dude, I think they're just trying to find themselves in this sea of trying to differentiate, like, what makes America again. Yeah. I think that's kind of the whole polarization that's been happening is people are trying to find their 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 roots. Yes, yes. Well, and, you know, and it goes back to a, a big conversation I've been having a lot lately is just, like, we we've kind of over-gentrified even, like, the 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 colonials have even over gentrified themselves to where they're empty shells now like consumerism and internet culture has gone to an all new high that these guys have created blank slates out of their own people and the only thing that they've got left like heritage and culture wise is going to a ren fair on the weekends and pretending they might have been irish 200 years ago <laughs> yeah they're just kind of um yeah moving um against something or like away isn't a move towards strategy. So I think people need to move towards things exactly. rather than against or oppositional. The, the only way is to go all in, you know? That, I, I mean, if we really want as a people, like the only way to understand each other, walk in each other's shoes, see each, through each other's eyes is you just you gotta dive in head first. And I know he's got gay friends. I know he's probably even known a few trans people in his time. Back to Kid Rock, yeah, I think how does, um, Talking about a beer, like, in any way beneficial. Like, if you want to do something supportive, I would, you know, do things that helps the gay pride community rather than bash them. Yes, exactly. You know, I it, it's interesting to think that, like, there was probably a point in time where he was a proper ally and then somewhere in his... Uh, Marketing strategy? Yeah, I guess so. Because then he started this whole uh, No Snowflakes tour with Travis Tritt. And uh, 
and it's funny because the only people that are advertising it right now are the satire sites. So then the satire sites leave with a bait headline of like all sold out. And then, and then all the wrong people are going, yeah, it's all sold out. And then you read the article and it's like, it's not sold out. This is a joke guys. <laughs> but the comments section on all of these things, whether you're on Facebook or on a gram or on the Twitter, even for as broken as the Twitter is, um, it's, it's interesting to see all the people just like, just like Kid Rock and Trit just going, I'm, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to drink this instead. Or I'm going to. No. And then you just, here's a meme about gay beer. And here's a meme about gay Heineken. And here's a meme. <laughs> and it's breaking them minute by minute. There's a lot There's a lot of tears just like floating on the internet right now. But, uh, you know, speaking of tears on the internet, I think we have an, a, a bigger pressing issue. You know, that was fun to just this around for a little bit but um i think we all know it's indictment season right now you know uh the uh number 45 you know uh he uh he got indicted and i'm not really here to talk about the he got indicted part all right that's your choice part and parcel of how you're going to figure out what he did make sure to tune in and check those things out but my big problem that i have and i'd love your two cents on the matter is i feel that like things like that need to go into a cold news category like we have hot news and we have cold news you know and hot things are stuff that you talk about every day like kid falls down right. a well and every day we reporting oh timmy is falling down a well checking in now back to you i am you know but then it's like if trump's gonna get indicted we shouldn't be doing the whole any day now thing because i gotta say that that's probably the most memeable thing that the right has against the left is any day now he will get arrested and after like 20 days of saying that People are going to be like, yeah, he didn't get arrested. And then eventually when he does get arrested, I mean, he did make the statement, I'm going to turn myself in. They're going to take me away. And then they didn't call for him for another couple of days. And then people are like, yeah, they're not going to take him. So I think that like there, there's an issue, even with the good guys in reporting these days, they're getting a little too overzealous to the point to where we're now like breaking people of their want to pay attention or respect, you know, just the the problem and attacking it thoughts yeah well two things come to mind i feel like trump is just straight up clout if you report on trump you're gonna get some views you're gonna get your media up but secondly i think i don't know it's just it's one of those things where it's just average news like i don't really pay attention to that as much but it's being made a big deal by people who don't really care but they're being flashed in their face so much I think there's a bigger agenda behind that. It's like the whole thing of waving your hand on one side so people can look that way when there's something else that's going on. And I know there's deeper things that are going on right now. I don't know. Exactly. No, it's a distraction. And that's the sadder part is when you like take cold news and turn it into hot news for 30 days straight, there's all that real hot news that's just like left chilling in the window and it's getting cold. And then it ends up so cold, everybody's like, well, it's already gone now, so we're not going to say anything about it. You know, and I think to a degree, like, if all we do is keep just pressing that nerve, we're not going to get anywhere. You know, we're just going to get angry with ourselves. We're going to get angry with our neighbors, you know. So, folks, just be a little more, uh, you know. Take your news slow. If the news won't go slow for you, make the news slow down. Okay, so like, you know, if you are hyper political, maybe just be like Tuesdays only, you know, <laughs> just the Sunday paper, 
You know, because now we live in a day and age where like the news is the same for five days in a row, which is crazy because we have 24 hour news cycles. And how is the news the same for five days straight when like it's the same with news places that are catered and are run off money and profit. If we look at the news that's around us in our community, in our neighborhood, in our island, in our islands, there's lots of things we can engage on that's really practical and we can actually make a difference on rather than talk about the ether somewhere. Yes! bring a responsibility back into our hands. And that brings us to the actual revolution today. See, we just had a little fun. We talked about something clickbaity, so that way you would tune in. And now, now I'm going to turn to Sam and go, what are the more important things going on in the world? Because right here... In the book, on the rock, we got things going on, and Sam is making it happen, man. What? So, like, first off, I heard about these houses in Kihei. What are you doing, bro? Well, you know, before campaigning and before working in public school, I worked for a contractor, and my heart was to build houses for families that need them. I've been here my whole life, and I want to contribute back to the island, and it's the most practical thing that I could do. So there's going to be, there's 40 um, affordable houses that's being built. I'm just learning so much about the politics, about the environment, and what really affordable means. So I ask myself, is it affordable to spend your life paying for something, is one question. Is it affordable to live in a space where you're being bombarded by EMFs, where um, the, the ethics of the area isn't really lined up with what you value? Um, is it affordable f- for you to live in a smaller square footage place where you have neighbors left, right, up and down? So there's bigger questions. And I knew during the campaign season that was a huge question in affordable housing. What does affordable truly mean? So what have you found? What what does affordable mean? I mean, I know looking at the economy that the speculative market has driven this way too high. I mean, the McMansions come in. They promise the workforce housing. The workforce housing gets delayed. The McMansion goes up. That drives up the price of the market. And then the workforce housing ends up being more expensive by the time it's actually even built and then rises as it's completed. So how are you fighting against that with with your your little 40 house project what how are you going to change the cost of living i love that question this is a banger for me like this has got me the past six months wrestling of how do i make systemic change how do i make um maui the way i see it to be and what i'm learning really is you win the game once you stop playing a lot of the times what we talk about in politics is systemic change and unless systemic change happens, we feel like we can't do anything about it. But this is the key. Sovereignty, agency, and education. Once you know who you are, what you're here to do, the system, you can get out of it and you become the observer within yourself rather than a passive, um, a passive agent. Uh, you become an observer rather than someone who's passive and you're able to do things for yourself and for your family that's past and beyond the system. Working in the system is great. It helps you to understand the ins and out. But once you understand that, you learn that you can do things that is outside of the system that you win. There's no limit to what you can do once you get outside of the box of your own thinking, once you free your mind, once you do the AA thing, once you realize that you are it. And nana iho no. That means look within. The answer is within. So this is more than just an affordable housing question. This is, what are you doing to practice sovereignty? What are you doing to practice agency? And is your subconscious mind so trapped in trauma that you just kind of follow along day in, day out with the status quo 
and all of a sudden 30 years go by, 40 years go by, 50 years go by, and you're still complaining that you're still working for the same place that you don't want to be at on the ethics and the environmental impact and the EMFs that's happening. Uh, you know, I, I have to agree with that. That is the biggest thing that changed my life in the past two years as I transitioned into being my own producer and making my own television show, which it's, I mean, it sounds a little weird going like, how do you change the world with a television show? And I'm not talking about like, go watch my show or anything that that's going to change your mind. It's really, it's, it's, it's that outside of the box moment. Like I realized that I had a better opportunity as a corporation of Hawaiians to make change than as one footless dude going into the system. So now, now I got brothers and sisters that I made a paycheck for, and now they can pay their bills wow. and they can fight the good fight. So I see that when you, when you, we're doing the same thing just on different sides of the box. We both staring into the same dirty box, and we're like, we're paying out here, we, you know. So it really strikes me as an amazing concept that more and more of us are recognizing like there's no point of dying on your sword going in to run for office like it's a good thing you could change the world or you might just want to just <laughs> um but you know you can do so many things beyond just houses you're you're not bound by some procedure that says you're just the legislative branch or you're just the purse strings or the executive branch you're not checked by anyone you are a free man or woman willing to make change on your own and once you see the system it's good to participate and be in it but also now you're observing you're apart from it so you don't have to play that same game you don't have to be the victim hero and perpetrator going in circle doing the same old testimony doing the same old papers doing the same old testimony trying to do the things, what really works is hands-on, malalo kulima, aloha aina, all of these Hawaii values that actions speak louder than words. There's more ways to affect change in your community than um, legislation, more ways to affect your place than being a part of bureaucracy. And that's what I'm really learning. And I'm still pretty active in politics and I have a lot of friends that I'm, I'm with and championing and campaigning with and setting up for next campaigns with. And it's doing it all and not being trapped in that one box. When things get dogmatic, when things get religious, all of a sudden the blinders go on and we are not being the divergent people we should be. It's an age of transition. We talked about this the last time. We're going from a paradigm of separation into unconditional love. Separation, are you in that paradigm? That's what's happening within these politics in America, this Trump thing, this this um, Kid Rock thing, but unconditional love, that's knowing who you are. That's sovereignty. When you know who you are, when you know your human design, that's where magic, power, all the good things are happen. Bro, I feel that. I feel that right here. Oh, that's just like, oh, dude. So beyond beyond the 40 homes, you're, you're, you're outside the box on many angles. So you're, you're also, I hear you're also doing uh, homeschool stuff. What what is going on with that? So so first you making homes happen, and then you going in these homes and you teaching. <laughs> yeah, it started off with building homes, and I realized homes are filled with people. I need to be where the people are. So I started doing this homeschool with um, an amazing person, Corey Malloy. She has an awesome um, thing on metabolic eating, but she's hooed a group of amazing parents who just want change and who want to practice that agency sovereignty. So we're in our homeschool co-op, uh, co really, it's pretty new, but the whole idea is what does it look like 
to imagine as life as the school. It's a Rudolf Steiner principle. It's a Waldorf, Waldorf education principle. But we go into environments and we create in our environments. We dream in our environments and we um, immerse ourselves in, in our environment and we build together. And since we're in Hawaii, we do a lot of it at Iao Valley. So we're doing hula, oli, mele. We're doing um, tea leaf making, lei making, and all of these things that put our hands back into our environment and realize that we're part of a bigger picture and that there are no walls. The only walls we have is in our mind. And part of this homeschool thing with parents, I have to back up a little. I've been on this track of realizing where sovereignty comes from. And practically, sovereignty comes from birth. You know, I'm an expecting um, dad coming up in August. I don't know if I told you that. I know. I'm just like, let's take a moment here just to have that little break. So one, you got married, and now there's a bun in the oven. You work fast, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. You just saying that really hit me. Yeah, like you can't keep a good dog down. So coming in inside the point, it's like, well, um, not not doing much of the, the the politics thing. So let's 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 make a family and take over the world. All right, let's increase the size of the tribe and then inject intelligence in it and unleash it upon the world. Exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing with. Um, that I learned from my wife, just the innate intelligence of the body. She's a chiropractor, living adjusted, shout out. The whole premise is that the same power that made the body heals the body. And if we start with this birth thing and going to that bills later, I know we might talk about yes, HB 955, yes. but it's really about bringing power back into family, bringing power back into the woman, bringing power back into the family unit so that we can know and stand um, so that we can be educate ourselves first of all, and then we can know and understand how to participate with the world around us. It starts within, and then it goes without. It's a reflection of what's happening inside of you. Usually, your outside circumstances are screaming at you, where you forgot to look within first. Many people find their try to look for their answers outside of themselves. Whatever question that is, like they're looking for some external source, like to answer some question they haven't even asked themselves. So the whole marriage thing was. The biggest question for me was, was I ready to surrender to life, what, what, what life was presenting to me at that time? And I said, heck yeah, this is it. And then love finds a way to make more love. So now, uh, congratulations, by the way. But you brought up HB 955. Now, for those playing the home game, watching this later, listening in the airwaves, please let us know what HB 955 is. Well, to me... Summary, HB 955 is about a right for a woman to choose birth, to choose the innate life force within so that they can bring life without. So HB 955 really is about giving midwives in Hawaii the right to practice. There's been midwives in Hawaii who's been practicing for all of their lives. And now they're in jeopardy because of um, systemic bureaucracy that they can't practice because they're not licensed. And this is the whole thing that I was talking about is that brings a uh, kind of a prison in someone's mind that I need to get licensed, like I need to get an external source yeah. validating my internal practice. The, it, one of the oldest traditions on earth, I mean, and that's the thing is like midwifery, like, and, and, and it's a very, it's a, it's a, a very taken seriously practice because it's one of the most ancient arts of life. You We've know? only been birthing um, in hospitals and institutions for the past 
I don't know, 40, 50 years. Yeah, on uh, mass as far as things are concerned. Yeah, if you're like 1%, there was some level of like concierge doctor comes to your house and he's like, you don't need a midwife, you got me. <laughs> you know, but it's like, bro, like midwives do make a difference, you know? And I, I don't think that pe- I think we're just, we're getting so disconnected from the old ways that like sometimes we create new processes that are unnecessary. Not to say that, uh, you know, hospi- hospitals are very necessary, but midwives are necessary too. There are people that either A, cannot afford to go to that $35,000 hospital bill, but they can trust on some anti up country who's been delivering babies since the day she was old enough to just catch them as they spit out the mint. So, like, why do you think we're devaluing these practices by putting these rules and unnecessary bureaucracies on top of them? Well, I mean, it's really controversial, but my long story short is um, I'm trying to say this without being too controversial, but I really think that there's an attack on families and there's an attack on the divine feminine and patriarchy institution and the giving power over has taken over today because because there's an extraction of energy. Yes. Where is the energy within the person to keep it so that they can bring in new life, also create what they need to create. But what it seems to me is that if you look at the process in medical institutions, and for this purpose, I'm just gonna go over, um, I'm talking about giving um, just the mitigation and the kind of procedures that happen, it's really something outside working their way in from sonars, from light, to to different induction processes, these types of things, if a person does not feel comfortable doing that, they won't feel comfortable to be birthed. And I've heard lots of stories over the past couple of months since I've gone along this track, is that women need to feel safe to be, to give birth. And if they don't feel safe, that's when a lot of complications happen. And we need to give women the choice to be able to choose those kind of things that are outside of either medical institutions or even the far left of free births. So yes. something in the middle. No, I, I could definitely say that there's, you know, it, I, I have felt that, that just that wave of anti-femininity that's come over in this and things around it. It's like it, it discredits the, the nature and the knowledge that women provide as, as life givers. And then it just, it takes it away from them by saying, that, oh, you got to get permission. You got to fill out this form and you got to get this card that says, now you can do it. Even though you've been doing it your entire life for millions of years of evolution, just making the life happen. We now need a certification because I'm due sense. <laughs> yeah, during, during the time period um, in Europe, I think um, it was when medical doctors was being popular and any person who didn't follow the medical procedure were deemed as witches. So there's a time period when there is a burning and um, a, a stampede of trying to find these witches because all they were were holistic practitioners. And yeah. I think that's what started this whole idea of midwifery is this kind of unknown, mysterious things when for a long time that was the natural way to go. And now institutions have taken over and who knows? You know, I really think HB 955 is going to give a lot of power back not only to indigenous women, but to women in general, but also to the fathers. And the fathers get left behind because they're inside of these institutions where there's fluorescent lights. They don't know what's going on. People are touching their wives all over the place, and they're just being left out. 
Yeah, no, they're, to they're make outside the room. Not many guys take the opportunity to go inside. You know, I I don't know what the hard statistic is on it, but I know plenty of guys who had kids. Like, I'm the kind of guy that's like, yeah, sign me up. I'll go inside. You want to go in there? You want to go over there? I don't care how you want to have the baby, but I'll be there with you. <laughs> but there's enough guys that just, like, the whole system seems so impersonal, like it's a Disneyland ride that you're exactly. like, I'm just going to walk you up here. You're going to get on the Matterhorn, and I'm just going to wave and take pictures from outside the window. <laughs> yeah, we got to give power back to the guys. I mean, part of midwifery and just this rebirthing I'm just so passionate about lately is you got to be educated yourself. Yes. And that's a great way to unlock a man's mind and take away that toxicity Mm -hmm. because when they can see it from the other side and notice how much really goes into it, you know? I mean, it's it would be one thing to make a man put a bun in the oven himself and feel that pain, but the least he can do is actually sit down and go through the process and understand that, like, more than just his tango sauce went in there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's great. I love the tango sauce thing. <laughs> I just can't get it on my mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to stay FCC compliant right now. Yeah, the, the, the tango sauce, or, I mean... <laughs> Where, where were we with the birthing? Yeah. Like when you said mind, that's the whole yeah. thing. We need to transition. We need to renew our mind. For so long, I've been Maui my whole life. We've come from plantations. Then we're into um, the, the, the hospitality industry, now the medical industry, and now the construction industry. We've been so ingrained with industries, whether um, giving ourselves over for provision. But I think it's time where we're transitioning from these kind of more masculine patriarchal like type thinking into this how do we become we do that in unison how do we we take masculine feminine aspects and be able to create this world that's that we need to bring in the emergent now fluid humanity exactly like dispose of that nature of left or right or man or woman like there's a place for your your manliness and your womanliness but when it comes to making life you need to concentrate on your humanity exactly and what's in the center of that you know we have masculine feminine um characteristics in every one of us yes i'm not talking about biology i'm talking as men masculine energy the assertive the leader the 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 structure, the women, the nurture, the creativity, the creating atmosphere, we both, as hum- humans, we have those energies and we need to learn how to weave them together. Yes. And that's what makes a full being. And if we don't do that, we're going to be reflecting one or the other and we're going to go top heavy. And that's where a lot of relationship issues happen. Yes. No, agreed. You know, that's the one thing that I, I love about, you know, classic Hawaiian upbringing. You know, my, my grandfather was really good at at showing you know the different ways of being a man you know because you don't you don't just you're not just a hunter gatherer you're not just a guy who goes to war you're not just a guy who has a job you're a guy who has to cook read his kids to bed give them a bath clean their diapers cry with them laugh with them hold them you know just as much as a mother does you know and i think that 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 gets disregarded a lot in the modern age because we're trying to impose this western commercial version of what it means to be a man or a woman and we're just putting each other in these stale places of just you are this you are you are yin or you are yang and it's like no there's a flow point where they touch each other in the middle bro and it's beautiful oh my gosh i love how you said that i could listen to you say that all day long and that's the whole point like this fluidity and being able to be open and to have creativity and you said something about hawaii and it reminded me of the chiefs of hawaii and the rites of passage people needed to go through. Rites of passage as in warring. 
for the masculine, um, birthing for the feminine. This back to the HB 955. Birthing is a rite of passage for women, and if we take that away, we stop. We somehow like rob them from the the rite of passage from becoming a woman to a mother, and to me. I don't know. That that that's where it crosses the line. I've given my power a lot over in my life and just recently I've gotten this revelation, this revealed sense of responsibility, Kuliana, to really look within and to really ask people the hard questions. Ask yourself the questions that you're trying to find answers to outside of yourself. What are those things, you know? I promise because if you don't, you're gonna be bitter, frustrated, disappointed, and angry for the rest of your life. And you're gonna play the victim, the the victim, the perpetrator. You're gonna you're gonna live in the shadow archetypes most of the time, and you're gonna blame somebody else for it. And that's not good. That's not good for anybody. That's not good for yourself. That's not good for the people around you. It ruins the company you keep. You know that melting pot of life that we so much love to talk about in the country is like you you got one sour grape. It's it's gonna ruin the pot, bro. Yeah. No. I don't even like grapes, but <laughs> grapes make wine. Yeah, there we go. That's an upside. <laughs> but what else you got going on, brother? Yeah. Um, besides doing, like, we're, yeah, I kind of missed the homeschool thing, but the homeschool thing was a way to transform, to renew our minds, to gather with a group of conscious parents who want to conscious their kids consciously and when I say that word I mean aware aware of what's their internal world and aware of their external world so that they be able to participate they get to actively participate they get to really um, dive in and be hands-on with the environment rather than unconscious just going through the motions so part of this homeschool thing that that we really focus on is the Olelo Hawaii part, the language, because language helps you to quapple your mana'o, is what we call it. Change the way you think. Quapple mana'o, because if we don't change the way we think, the pathways in our brain stay the same and we, we don't grow. And it's all about growing and learning. So part of this journey of schooling, conscious parenting, homeschooling, is really using our environment. Where do we live? You know, we live in Hawaii, the most beautiful place in the world, the living water, Hawaii of E. And it's amazing that for most people, they, they know they want to be outside, but they don't know why. And I think when you learn the language, it's ingrained in the cosmos. Hawaiian language, we're navigators, so the, the language is ingrained in the, within the aina, within the, the heavens, within the ocean, and you, all of a sudden, you start channeling the different elements of this place. And I think that's what Native Hawaiians got, what the Kahunas got, what people did hula, was they were able to channel. They were able to open and surrender themselves up to something bigger than themselves. And I think we're just on the cusp of it, especially during this time of transition where we're going from, I said this last time, from the age of Pisces to Aquarius. And the Aquarius is all about the, the vibrancy, the light energy, the bringing of the unconditional love rather than the, the paradigm of separation. Well, I think I think you're onto something there with that. I and mean, it really is it really is an age of change and transition. You know, we we all got kind of trapped in our heads for these past few years and now that we're really set free and back out in the world, we we have put ourselves open to change and new stuff. There's a lot of people who will be like, oh, I was trapped in a house for two years. I'll try anything twice now, you know, and people are up to new things. Uh some people are just, you know, up for 
anything at this point because anything is better than that rut that they were stuck in in their head for two years. You know, and back to your point, uh, you know, language is key. You know, I, I do agree with that. Like, I mean, for someone who is as verbose as me in the Queen's English, I mean, I feel I've kind of untapped it in ways that that, you know, the modern colonial has wasted their own language. But I have to say that there's a part of me that has opened up as I have taken my personal path to, you know, I'm, I'm still on a kindergarten level, Olelo, so I'm going to have to come to your, I'm going to do it. Will you take adults in the kids' classes? Well, I, I've been doing private lessons and group lessons as well. So you can come talk to me after. I, I, I love group work with kids because, like, for me, like, I just recently got some books from a great friend of mine, Moana McAdams, mm-hmm. I took to took to uh, Lahaina and read to the kids and she puts them in bi- bilingual, you know? So then like what I love about bilingual kids books as an adult is you get to look really smart in front of kids because <laughs> so I'll read it in Olelo, but then I'll explain it because it's already there in English. And then it's like, oh yeah, uncle, uncle kind of knows what's up, you know? And then, and then I learned something and then they learned something and we figured it out together. You know, that's my favorite part about learning with the kids is that like, they're just open for it. They're open for change. They're open for new things. And then they really show you like, how fearless you can be and how much you kind of boxed yourself in, you know, until you got fearless just like those children. Yeah, I mean, there's a great word in, in Olala Hawaii that I've been meditating on. It's Ike, and it's what you perceive creates your reality. You know, our perception has fooled us so much because of all this bombardment of whatever, things we put in our body that are not proactive towards our metabolic health, towards charging us up, towards clearing us up so we can receive information from the ether you know we're so clogged up but that's what i love about transforming your mind and being still you're just being able to expel all of the 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 distortion and the elements that trap us and be able to be a new person all through breathing through meditating through prayer through chanting being like a kid exactly brother you have you have definitely opened my heart today in coming. Thank you so much for talking about these things. I'm gonna have to have you back on, man, because we are running out of time today. I want to thank you first of all before I, I I talk us out. Please tell us how we can be a part of this. What are these things that you're doing? Where can people be showing up? What's the next big thing you're gonna be at? How can people follow you and connect with you online? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just have a link tree, link tree slash Aloha Sam. You can find Aloha Hawaii classes. You can find ceremony classes. You can um, also participate. I have a fun about Maui podcast, so you can learn all about the things I'm learning in Aloha Hawaii and about Maui on it. Also, you can find me at Living Adjusted. We're all about the innate intelligence, clearing your body up so that you can receive information and you can continue to make an impact and difference in your environment. Other than that, the thing I just have to say, like, you're doing it. We're all doing it. It's just getting that cloud off your mind, getting away the victim mentality and being empowered within so that you can make a difference in your external world. And also just don't give up. Sometimes we get down on ourselves doing the same old things, but unless you change, the same thing's going to happen. So I just encourage everyone to just transform your mind, renew your mind, do whatever it takes that you need to do that. We got Wednesday groups. If you're into human design, learning about identity maps, I'm on that too. I've been loving that with the guys. We're trying to raise a group of men that are fearless in who they are so that they can make a difference, a systemic difference, but mostly an internal difference that will affect their ohana and it will reverberate within the nations. Because I think Hawaii is the lighthouse of the nations and the nations has been coming to us for answers. But right now we're just giving them 
fast food, and I don't mean that in a mean way. What we got to give them is the poi, the full of the microbial life. Our body is more microbes than human cells. That should meditate on what that means to you. Righteous, brother. Sam Peralta, everyone. Ugh. Always a pleasure talking with you. Well, folks, I know I'm going to have him back. All right. And so until that next time, mahalo for joining us here at Rabbit Holes now on KKU 88.5 FM. Sam Peralta, everyone, have a wonderful day. Ooh.